Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. I don't think it's going to go. That's a middle finger I was emoji really on trying screen, to get it to... It? to <laughs> not that gonna work. Double birds. That liquor cabinet falls. We're in for a serious ride today. You should get one camera just monitoring just that the whole that? time. Should I do a time lapse <laughs> on my phone? Uh, don't, don't, no. You Watch want that to, thing You want to do a slow-mo slow on your phone for that one. <laughs> Holy crap. Let's play the music. Which one is it? It's been so long. Press a button. This is the OKest Hunter podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me, the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. Okay, it's on our podcast. You know it. <laughs> Every buck's a shooter buck. It's all in the eye of the beholder. What do you got there? Some water. Now you got something to do. That's good for your teeth. <sighs> Stitches. Greg's through the wire like Kanye West tonight. Something like that. <laughs> I only got a few stitches left in the roof of my mouth. It's all good. All right. That is. Yeah. You'll make it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, I got to do this thing here, too. See, I forgot something. That's how it goes. Every, every night, if I don't forget something, we've done something wrong. Is how I see it now. There it is, live. Anyway, welcome to the show. We're brought to you by Half Rack, half-rack.com. Um, I have still yet to make the content about the the meat lug cooler about fitting three thirty packs. I'm convinced I can do it, but I did get to use it uh, at at uh, Foam Fest. Holy crap! I was about to cross a wire with my what I just did at work last <laughs> week, and when I because I went from that to then I flew, and it's just next been, day. Yeah, I'm actually finally now grounding myself, and it's been a whirlwind. Anywho, half rack. Use code <laughs> OHP at checkout for 15% off, and you will not save 15% on your car insurance. <laughs> but the meat lug is awesome. We got the hunter hangers going. I put my old bow, my my previous bow that killed both these deer on the wall, which I'm very proud of, uh, on the wall, right in front of my, my uh, turkey fan. All fans, right there. Is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Is that the website? All, all fans. O- only fans. Only fans. Yeah. Oh, well, that's actually what it's called. Isn't it, it looks good, man. It is, but it's <laughs> different kinds of fans. Oh my god, <laughs> is it getting hot in here? Should make that actual practical so you can the cool sweating. her down. Woo! Big turkey fan. Holy crap! Anyway, so yeah, check those guys out. Lots of fun stuff going on. That that is probably the newest product that's hit uh, the market. But we gave away some of their bow wings. Um, we gave away. I think we gave away. I got the snack pack here, so if you want to put some food a in there. A large box of the hunter hangers. A very large box of a lot of hunter hangers. I don't remember who won that, but they can hang anything they want. Yeah, next they're year. addicting. You start putting one in, you're like, you know, you're I like, noticed. You don't even realize you need it's them probably at what's all. holding his liquor shelf. He doesn't even it. have hangers in his closet anymore. That would hunter been hangers. probably more effective <laughs> than what I did. Oh, hell. <laughs> yeah, anyway, and I did that very fast, so we should be very concerned about the liquor cabinet hanging in here all of a sudden. And I call it liquor cabinet. It's just an old, weird 
milk crate made out of flimsy wood that <laughs> probably couldn't hold a fart. Holding now, several pounds of booze. Judging by the voids in the crate, it's definitely not holding a whole lot of wind in. <laughs> you would want to hunt out of that box blind. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, check out our other partners and friends. Latitude, latitudeoutdoors.com, code OHB. Saves you 15% off anything on the site now, I believe. And if that's not correct, I will try to get that corrected and let me know. If you're trying to check out a lot of guys, got to try out the saddle platform, uh, or the saddle um, and the sticks, the Carbon Series Speed Sticks at uh, Foam Fest. So Greg was there mm-hmm. instructing people on what to do. So people actually got to shoot out of it, which is something you can't do at a trade show that I'm aware of. Nope. So this isn't like your... That uh, was the goal. We're at a place where we can do it, get people up the tree, and get them feeling confident and safe yep. and take a few shots with their bow. Yep. You had a lot of people shooting, it seemed yeah, like. Yeah, we had. I mean, I don't, you had a few people up there, too, mm-hmm. so I bet we had 15 people crawl in and out of that thing. Gus was swinging up there like a little monkey, my yeah. son. He was shooting his bow out of there. That was good. Yeah, everybody's yep. enjoying, testing out, and playing some new products. Yeah, that method, too. That's where it's at. Yep. I don't everybody, care what anyone everybody says. Everybody really liked it. Get the, if you're going to get one, just get the method, too. You got so much more adjustability, so much more, like, positions to reduce hip pinch and back pain and all the other things that might be going on when you're hanging from one of those things. All but, the uh, positions you want. All the positions, yeah. Spartan Forge, they got uh, lots of updates on deck. Bill's going to be a guest on the show at the end of the month, so stay tuned for that. We're going to cover off a bit of a show-and-tell episode, so I'm excited to hear all of the things dropping there because it's more than I'm aware of and can list, even if I was, because I'd probably F that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now that season's basically here, I've been putting a lot more time into the Spartan Forge app, as I'm sure a lot of us are, including yourself, Derek, and Greg. You know mm-hmm. it. You guys are in the woods a lot. And then go wild. Log at that time outside. If you're going to Hagen Trail Cams, if you're going to do scouting, if you're going to be listening to podcasts, all of that stuff is like things you can record on the Go Wild app and get you some points and save you some money. And I think saving money is... Pretty critical right now in our economy. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, you can, if, you can, if all you got to do is post a couple things you're going to post anyways, do it there where you have a better community of people uh, that'll rally around what you're doing without, you know, slapping your wrist or saying something that's quote unquote offensive and canceling you. You can go there and not be canceled and kind of, you kind of earn some money in some ways, how I would put it. <clears throat> it's like an earn your own coupon system. Earn your own coupons. Yeah. That's it. That's what I got for the partnerships. Other than that, Foam Fest was a Coupons. hit. We did a podcast. I did one out of New York last week with uh, a serious angler podcast because he bailed me out of not having an episode so he just made stuff up and talked about how fishing <laughs> relates to deer hunting and you'd be surprised how much stuff relates <laughs> when you're targeting mature bass <laughs> oh boy <laughs> you should listen to it greg we're gonna have him on the fisher podcast there you worry. go yeah see that's a spirit bailey's a good guy yeah nice enough to help me out so gotta be good enough but we do have a guest today today tonight today whatever time it is uh Who's this joker on our line here? Let's bring him in here. Is this the, the buck, the buckmaster? Who is this? Kevin? Kevin, what's <laughs> up, man? Kevin Vincent with the Deer Hunter Podcast. Welcome to the show, buddy. Had I known that that was uh, going to show across the screen for everybody to say it, well, I don't know it, it works. You could have picked something, <clears throat> you know, worse. Little buck. <laughs> that could have been, been like you could have been like masturbator or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. right. And then you'd have been like, oh, I didn't realize this was going to be on live TV. <laughs> Long duck dong. <laughs> Average size Joe. <laughs> yeah, a little bit above average size Joe. <laughs> We've been trying to have this happen for some time, and just it's hard to coordinate schedules. Oh. Here we are. We've done it. Do you remember what was it? Was it three years or yeah. two years now ago? We had dinner. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Where we have dinner? Uh, Oconomowoc. We yeah, right downtown that little place. I, it's called the etc. Dinner on a rooftop. Yep. Yeah. That was the last time I saw you, you guys. That was two or three years ago. Yeah, at least. Yeah, you were hanging out with Dan, doing an episode of him, and that ran long. Shocker. Yeah. And you had Mitch, Mitch, and that, uh, I forget the other fellow's name from from G five with you. Yeah, that was we. We actually we built a bow for Dan and Fault at Prime, and we hand delivered it to him and one of the Botox and me and uh, Casey. Uh, one of the guys that's does a lot of the content creation and kind of runs prime from, from what everybody sees. Casey's the one that runs prime. We jumped in a truck and drove over there and took Dan a bow. And we wanted to make sure that any adjustments that needed to be made, because we know Dan's a pretty finicky, yeah, wants things precise. And I didn't want there to be issues. So we brought him over a bow. We shot with him for the afternoon it's interesting because I watched Dan miss and a lot of deer and hit deer bad. Dan's actually a really great shot with a bow. Um, I just think he's can't see well anymore. He's admitted that publicly. It's affecting him as a deer hunter, but he's a, a great archer, which I wasn't expecting just from what I've seen from Dan from a distance. But he ran late on that because we were going to try to do the podcast with you guys too, right? We were all going to get together. And by the time we finished up with Dan, it was late. We had drove a bunch of been tired. So we opted to just go for dinner and drinks. But uh, yeah, man, we, we've tried off and on <laughs> we tried. unsuccessfully. I think for, before that, for you, and I, you and I did one together when it was where to hunt days. I lived in a different house. And you and I got so drunk that I don't think either episode saw the light of day. <laughs> I don't know what we talked about. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It, it probably. It might have. I have to think. About I think that, you're like, dude, we can't you use this. You're like, no, we can't. We got, we got drunk. We can't use this. I don't know what the f- we got talking be. about, but was- I might have made up. I might have done something and not recorded it and made <laughs> Just, up an excuse. Eric, you're too drunk. We've all, we've <laughs> we've said we've over the year, and we've graduated a little bit. Maybe I don't know. If graduated's the word, but elevated. We're a little cleaner now than what we were in the earlier days. I guess we're getting a little bit. A little bit older and seasoned but uh yeah we it's been said here for sure you know so it would be hard to, for me to believe that you brought some level of offensive language or behavior <laughs> to our side of the fence and got in trouble for it because that's usually a terms of acceptance around our around us it must have been pretty i must have just saying all sorts of nice stuff then <laughs> this guy's too nice get him out you're not putting this episode out there he's not he's not offending but, but we've been we've been actively we have actively been pursuing recording together for years yeah yeah right? and yeah. we talk off we talk often greg greg mm-hmm. greg how long have we known each other i've Four, known five plus dude years? i've known you since you started your podcast and i you know i communicated with you through social and we got to meet up at a workshop and yeah we've we've known each other for a while i've known you and your brother and ryan and and nick so it was always fun listening to you guys just commiserate together guess how many years that is now i can tell you because i just looked about seven it's eight come on about seven you're close yeah you didn't overshoot it so that's good no, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Price is right. Look at that, Greg. <laughs> you were as close as you could get without being right. Congratulations. Greg. Thanks. <laughs> Greg, eight didn't, years Greg didn't bust. That we've been socializing through the love of deer hunting is what all That's started right. it, right? And then we went and we went and did Dan and Fall scouting workshop and Greg 
he's like like a little drug dealer on the trail. He's got smoked salmon in uh, <laughs> oh, little sandwiches. <laughs> of course he does. And he's that was being, a good year. He that knows year. he doesn't have. He knows he doesn't have enough for everybody. So he's not making it public, but he's walking <laughs> up to people that he selectively likes. He's giving a little tap, and he's like, "Hey." And he likes like total drug dealer fashion, <laughs> like cheeseburger. Like, ready, man. Slipping some smoked like, salmon. In he's man, like, here, I got some food. smoked salmon. And he, and he was proud to tell me that he got the recipe from a northern Michigander, mm-hmm. a guy that I don't know if he's. I don't see that guy around too no, much anymore. Not much. But anyways, I think, I think that, life moves on. You know, Greg knows how to make friends. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Damn right. First impressions. First impressions are are Greg's strong. Strong suit, but we both work in the trades. We like to hunt and fish. We like to talk shit. You got good senses of humor, so you get that from the trades. Yeah, man. I'm. If you can't tell, I'm a little bit excited to be hanging out with you boys here tonight. <laughs> like you set up the whole deal. This is a whole different level than what I do over here. Yeah, but you do. You got some journalistic chops over there, and and I, I mean, coming from a tradesman doing journalistic work, putting together what was the Ron Pola series was one of the finer pieces of journalistic content that made its way to the airwaves in the last decade. Yeah, you did. It was very impressive. You did an excellent job of bird dogging a lot of details. So mm-hmm. you might not have this fancy I... tech bullshit. <laughs> like we're just all smoking mirrors over here, but you got you got the. You got the chops to to get it done, and I thought that was a pretty special segment and series, and one that like every hunter knows about. And if you don't, you're living under a bit of a rock as a deer hunter. Well, not everyone knows about That's it. That's cool that you say that. I I actually got a message today from a guy that he found the whole series and listened to it in the last couple of days, and he's like, "Oh, I need to apologize to a lot of people because I've been so <laughs> adamant that." Uh, how I, and he's like, you completely changed my mind. He's like, I can't believe I never heard this portion of the story. It all makes sense. It's clear now. And I was just like, oh man, that's, that's really cool. You know, but that's a cool thing about putting content out, right? Like people find it years later. So I think that's very common, forever. especially with that story though. Cause like I consider yeah. myself, I grew up reading all the magazines and Ron mm-hmm. Pola was like Same here. huge, you know, like we talked about it all the time and I thought I had researched it and known everything there was. And then started listening to the breakdown that you did. I was like, holy shit, I didn't know any of this. And it totally changed the way I thought about it too. So it's like even people who thought they knew, you know, you thought you had a good grasp on it. Not even close. Nope. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always three sides to a story, right? Your side, my side and the truth. Mm-hmm. so there's a lot to uncover and yeah i can break i can show you a picture right now that's what i was looking for actually and we'll see if my camera plays nice i'm going to show you guys this i don't know if you've ever seen this can you see that i understand yeah. that let me, uh, let me blow it up let me blow guys. it up hold on let me get you on full screen real quick so the people watch can see it what are we looking at? Looks like a mega wide Ron Polo buck right there. Yep. Is that on a product? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it does. You can't really see it. Yeah, there's there's two bottles here. There's a full rut and FG deer stop. These are uh, Hogs Unlimited synthetic rut lures used by Whitetail Master Mitch Ron Polo to kill mm-hmm. the world record Ron Polo buck. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Yep. Looks like hot sauce so, right there. If, you, if, <laughs> if, if we want to, if we want to boil down the entire thing, that's what that deer was created 
for was to monetize that product mm-hmm. and those guys to make a huge run and a bunch of money and they didn't have moral integrity to the worst degree right his partner was uh, is, is um serving a prison the guy that started that his name's kevin cray he's now, in prison that's not what his name uh, is now he <laughs> <laughs> got a different name in prison <laughs> Well, not, not call him people, Yvonne. <laughs> not, not to be dark, but yeah, people that, uh, um, people that do what he did, that are uh, you know treat children in the way that he treated them and do the things that he did, don't get treated very nicely in prison. So when I talk about lack of moral integrity, I'm talking about the lowest of the low. So fabricating some white-tailed deer is like no stretch in comparison to what some of the one. This guy in particular had kind of going on in his own life just to set the stage. Like yeah, you'll the hear barometer. that argument. Yeah. Man. I knew I knew the guy. He was of such moral integrity. He would never do that. Well, I know the legal. I, I you can you can search that guy's criminal record and see what he did and why he went to prison. So long story short, those guys were running that operation. They fabricated that deer to promote that scent line and make a bunch of money and the internet blew it up like they could have never expected Which, they so didn't plan year, the for year, that the they year didn't. of that though what, what year is this because the internet is very different this would have been pre-social media this would have been like forum days right an email an aol messenger or something probably um it's in the 90s yes, mid to late 90s but it, it traveled like yeah, even if it was just through forums and the state of deer hunting media at that point in time was in real good. It was real good. It was, yeah, you know, growing rapidly. They thought it was going to be kind of a local. They just didn't anticipate how far and fast that that would spread into what level. And the Internet definitely played a part in it. And it definitely played all the part in figuring out actually what happened because the images that they posted or yeah, yeah, he was, so he had a website too, right? Uh, It was rompolawhitetails.com. So yeah, you're right in the traditional sense as it is now that I don't think there was Facebook and Instagram, but he had a website. It was putting this stuff on a website and yeah, man, it's, it spread like wildfire. And the pressure started to build that there was skepticism and they basically got asked to produce proof, knew they couldn't. And then it just went south from there. Crazy. It is crazy. So my office is 1.6 miles from Mitch's house. (laughs) I drive by there often. Uh, I plan on when I see him outside, approaching him, introducing myself. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. That's yes, right. Yes. When in Rome. So, I don't think that there's any, you know, I'm driving by as a contractor. I'm going somewhere else. I'm not just going out of my way to drive yeah. past the guy's house. But I'm looking to see if I see him outside. And one of these times, if I see him outside, I'm going to stop by and I'm going to say, hey, my name's Kevin. Nice to meet you. I wanted to talk about your deer and just see what. You know, who knows? I've, I've been told so many times people have told me things in like complete, 
like they're just so dead set that their statement is accurate and how the way things are going to go. And then I go and do it anyway. And it's not how it goes at all. So even though everybody's basically said, there's no chance the guy's going to talk to you. I always think there's a, a chance. So anyways, Mitch's house is like a little bit dilapidated and ran down their sheets over the windows, but his lawn is nicely manicured. And so I know he's going outside and at least mowing his lawn. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, we'll see if we can get him on the podcast here at some point. Yeah, you if definitely he wants to talk about a journalist. You could have totally been a journalist. Kevin's going to be out there <laughs> slinging fertilizer on that lawn to get it growing faster. Get him out there more. <laughs> Up your odds of running into don't, him. Don't give away my strategy. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> guy with that Malorgan. <laughs> Pull up in a service van and ask him if he placed a service call. I was a little confused on the address. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just, you're, you're you know. having a problem with your septic, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you're full of shit. You're full is of shit. <laughs> That's wild. No, we were, we were on the working class or they were on ours. Or it was both, but I don't remember whose it came. Cause to me, it was all one episode. I didn't, I can't differentiate, but they, you were, it was, it was on their, it was on, it was on their end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. End. Yeah, that's right. And they're like, you guys, you know, you Wisconsin Northerners, don't you believe? And Greg and I are like, not really. <laughs> no. And, you know, a lot of that came from what I listened to when I heard your stuff. But also, I'd explained there was some Instagram account. I think it's called the Ron Pola Buck Instagram account. And they just yeah. post random yeah. shit all the I time. I did see that. Mm-hmm. And they had like this, uh, you know, the nose of the deer compared to a nose. of These two noses are very different on these two deer, even in the studio, like drastically and they said every deer has a different pattern on its snout um, that is uniquely theirs. Like we have a fingerprint. And I was like, I didn't know that. I never would have noticed that ever. And then they compared like yeah. one small buck to the round pull buck. And it was like the identical marking, but totally different antlers. And I was like, holy shit. And that was about as much proof as I needed to like steal the deal. That was the last piece of information I could have like. The old not... nose print. Well, just, <laughs> I don't know if that's Just the true. way the antlers, you know, how flat the forehead the is. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything looks... And at Off. the end of the day, if you could prove something, why wouldn't you? Like, you just would prove it. You just put it to bed and be like, leave me alone. Here it is. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. There's, if you had the proof, you just wouldn't tolerate people not accepting it, I, I don't think. But yeah, there was actually, after I had taxidermist Nathan Killen on, there was a taxidermist that reached out to me and he said, actually, <clears throat> I believe that, that that two of the deer that he has pictures of is the same cape. So I think that's the same thing that you're saying. And then my friend Aaron Blisey, he had a guy on that talked about it being the same cape. And it was like, okay, yes, they, they <clears throat> and Mitch was a uh, amateur taxidermist. Mm-hmm. Like, so come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, if that right there isn't the biggest red flag, like, yeah, I just practice my own taxidermy. It's like, and I shoot all these record deer out of areas that the most insanely wide shot. deer ever we gotta be careful because yeah. derek here as an art teacher and sculptor <laughs> he does antler repair and so derek you could probably speak to a little bit of like how difficult it is to color match and mold and sculpt and and all that and like i'm willing to bet if you had eyes on it you could probably well it's hard to have it, some it's input. hard to do well but there's you know there's people who do it well and there's people who do it sloppy and you can tell especially when somebody calls it out that that one's not real. All of a sudden you start noticing things. But a lot of times on first glimpse, like with the Ron Polabuck, when that came out, people saw photos. Your first intuition isn't to like inspect it like it's a fake deer, right? So like your first, it. yeah, it's just a holy shit. But then once you have people on who are trained, like you had Nathan Kill, and like you look at those pictures the way Nathan described them. Look at that, cover up the antlers, that's a doe. 
then you look at it and you're like, yeah, well, obviously. That's what I mean about yeah. the internet is forever. And they didn't anticipate that we, years later, <laughs> would be pulling up these photos and dissecting them. It's like <laughs> crime. It's like, like crime. Like years later, now, oh, we have and DNA just, tests now. Now you're committed. Now you're screwed. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Did you ever see that Netflix documentary of Don't Don't F with Cats? No. Any of you guys? No. This is a couple of years ago. No. Well, whatever. It was a, it was basically like some dude that like put these kittens in a bag and was like gonna kill them. And he put it on YouTube. <laughs> and then and then like the internet went in an uproar because they're like, Don't fuck with cats. Like, what are you doing? But it turned out this guy was like on his on his way to becoming a freaking murderer. And they they crowdsourced through the internet. They the the internet beat the police to the to the drop of when he was going <laughs> to kill someone. And they picked apart like the, they zoomed on the doorknob. That doorknob is from Germany. And they're like crazy details. They were picking apart after studying it for hours and hours. And they had this group chat going of like, oh yeah, this is where that rug sure. is from. This is where it got shipped to. It could only be this one. And it was like, <laughs> I was like, holy shit. So yeah, you leave something yeah. on the internet long yeah. enough, and like people will pick it apart more than you could possibly oh, imagine. Yeah. Like, I bet you if, Nowadays, that, if, if too, someone could especially. probably tell where the studio is, you know, but we didn't say it every episode. <laughs> they could figure it out, you know. Anyway. Did you see recently there was a guy, this guy, he's all like, takes biking real serious, like the real tight biking clothes on. And he, he's riding past somebody's got like a ring doorbell and he comes into their front yard and he starts kicking their, they have like a Donald Trump 2024 sign. And so, not a huge deal, right? But then he comes back in the middle of the night and lights it on fire. <laughs> well, jeez, <laughs> way to go, ding dong! So this this prompts the people to be very aggravated. Well, the guy had a app where he was real time doing his biking, which shares it with all these other people that are on the app to see like where you're at and this and that. And they they somebody went on there and saw exactly where he was at what time and then identified him and he got arrested there is there is no our privacy do, our, dude, our dog got, our there dog is no privacy a couple years ago now and any, any time you got, yeah any, didn't you anytime you got one of these on you there yeah. is no privacy we've we've foregone privacy in the name of uh social connectivity and just straight up convenience yes you know and that there's a trade-off the more convenient something is the more privacy you're probably gonna uh let go of and Human beings love convenience. We'll pay a lot of money for things that are convenient. Just I, human nature. I, I'll, I, I kind of live my life and every day knowing and not caring if everyone in the world is watching what I'm doing because I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. That's where I'm at. No. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm just scared, like waiting, scared until somebody points out everything I'm doing wrong. Because <laughs> you feel like you're not, but oh, you, yeah. you know you damn well are. Well, yeah. well, you should be. I mean, that's what life is. is doing things wrong making mistakes it's it's only bad if you're keep making the same mistakes right we're made to make mistakes that's how we learn so well, we're also yeah we're all human. predisposed to sin you know we've all been forgiven make mistakes but if you continue to make them that's when you're a dumbass <laughs> yourself and go what am i doing here so I, i'm i'm i make mistakes I've, I've made some costly mistakes lately you know and had to look and figure out and it's like don't do that again Here's the perfect example. Into deer hunting. <laughs> I, uh, this is the segue. Are we doing it? No, go ahead. We are. Okay. We are. Trail camera, like real world. Just, I don't know how many emails Exodus sent me to like, do your firmware update, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, you're due for a firmware update. <laughs> I'll get to Do that. a firmware update. Nope. And so, oh, like, yeah, I should probably do that. Well, 
I get in the heat of the moment. I'm like, I got to get these cameras out, you know, very remote location. So I don't want any chance that the cameras are going to not work. Mm -hmm. So I put, I, you know, charge the solar panels. I put the SD cards in, I format the cameras, I set them up in the garage and I spend an hour in the garage. They send every single photo to me. Right. So I'm like, we're locked in. Let's go throw everything in a bag, drive an hour and 40 minutes, hike a couple miles, hang these cameras, make mock scrapes in front of them. Just everything perfect, flawless, right? Get back a couple days later, cameras are acting up, sends me a notification. You're due for a firmware update. I'm like, oh, okay. Look in the, look through the thing. It says I can do, I can send the firmware update. You know, I was like, it gives me the option for the command to send the firmware update. Which I tried but, doing and does not always work. I don't know if it ever works, Greg, to be honest I, with you. I'm I don't gonna think say, it should be an option. I'm going to say, no, it doesn't. And you <laughs> might as well just, like, I'm going to let you finish <laughs> I take that option out of there. Yeah, just take it right <laughs> take out of that there. option No, nope, don't there. even do it. So don't I, even think I, about it. I sent, I sent firmware over the air to three cameras and locked them dead. So I went. I thought I was just going to go to these cameras yesterday. I brought formatted SD card. I loaded the firmware on them. I read the directions, everything to do. I had this awesome plan drawn up. Uh, okay, big deal. Set me back. I'm going to refresh my scrapes. I'm going to swap out SD cards anyways, because I'm assuming that they're just not transmitting photos that I'm going to have all the data that I wanted over the course of the last month anyway. So I'm not too bent out of shape, right? But I get to the first one, it won't on, it won't do anything. I'm like, oh, God, this is what they warned me about. <laughs> my nightmare. This is my nightmare. <laughs> then I went to the second one, and it was the same thing. So I ended up having to pull these cameras out of the woods. I didn't bring other cameras with me. I, I've been using Exodus for years and had very little problems. And, you know, this is on me, ultimately. I didn't do the firmware update. But I just had the confidence level that when I was going there that I wasn't going to have an issue. I'd had an issue. So I've got two cameras pulled out of the wood right now. And it's all because I just didn't follow simple directions, right? So copy check. <laughs> Lesson know, learned. Mistake, recognize it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't You got you to gotta do firmware update. And if you don't, then you could pray, pay a pretty serious price. And those were big assets to me that are down right now i have one very nice deer located out in the middle of nowhere no one's hunting the area like no hunter sign whatsoever which makes a ton of sense for a variety of reasons but this big deer's in there i had him on camera last year i already have him back on camera again this year i i got down last year on one of the most prime days that there is and followed his rub line right into the bedding area and jumped him right up out of his bed. So I know exactly where he was when all the pressure was on last year. I don't have any reason to assume that he doesn't recognize that that bed is his best option for that area for a multitude of reasons. And I put both, both cameras that I recovered yesterday were put out to monitor him and see what he was doing. Unfortunately, there is no acorns on the oak trees in that spot this year. So there is a chance that he'll move out, but I still think that for the betting opportunities that are within, let's say even three miles, a three mile radius of betting opportunities, 
he's going to be back there because of the amount of deer that are in there because of the bedding area and the no pressure and it has everything else that they need. There's a bunch of beavers in there. So there's a bunch of stuff cut down. They have a bunch of fresh woody brows. There's acorns in the area. There's just not directly by the bedding area. So I, I think that there will be back in there, but I was hoping that I'd have an opportunity to kill that deer. We're going on this trip with the latitude crew front end of October and I was kind of hoping that I was going to be able to get in there. And now it's kind of interesting, too, because I'm like, well, this is a good lesson learned on why to not put all your eggs in one basket and not fall victim to relying on devices versus like instinct and woodsmanship. Because I think if I go back in there, I'm just hurting myself. Like even if I have six cell cams to go put back in there, you don't get many chances to encroach on a big deer's bedding area and not screw him up and that's why i went in there in august because i feel like there's plenty of time now it's getting to the point where i was like i've been in there twice now you're gonna go back in there a third time i don't know i'm really i'm really weighing my options right now whether i want to go back in there or just i know what's going i for the most part i know what's going on so i'm i'm right now i'm having a uh internal confliction on how to proceed forward with this this exact deer. Your gut is telling you the right thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, stay out of there, because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said there's no hunting pressure back there. That's why he's back there. And you know how it is, man, when you get up in those northern areas, when the deer don't have intrusions, they don't tolerate them as much as somewhere where people are in the woods all the time. They get used to it. So especially that big old sucker that you're talking about, you go in there a couple times and all of a sudden he no longer likes walking the runs that he liked. I think your gut's telling you exactly yeah. what to do. You guys have things you yeah. rely on? I, like instinct and gut and trail cams? Mm -hmm. I heard about them. I don't have any of these <laughs> things, I heard about once. <laughs> I'm just a wanderer. <laughs> Luck into a buck. Yeah. That's, that's not true. You're lying. You're selling me a, a bill of fake goods at the okayest hunter and having I all do, this big gear. Where's the fork? Where's the four corners? Yeah, they're, 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 they're littered in here. They're littered everywhere else. There's only two on the wall that you can see, but the four corners are all over the place. But you, you, you know, if you yeah, watch any of the mixed signals, yeah, well, that's probably yeah, because I rely on luck, and suddenly these things can change in a in a moment's notice. But no, you're you know, picking things up every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I just I'm trying to say it's very very humble because I don't I don't know. Uh, but if you haven't watched the OKS Hunter show on YouTube or Carbon. You want to see what lack of confidence looks like? <laughs> you'll see it plain as day. So, and I'm not, and it just is what it is. Well, like I, I'm like, man, I wish someone else was with me to confirm that I'm like thinking in the right way. But the number of times I call Greg and Derek, and like, yeah, guys, there's times. This so, is what I'm seeing, and I'm like, stay there. That's but, it. But you look, know? you know, a couple <laughs> times you've gone with me, I send you into a spot and in, into a general area. You're pretty close. Yeah. And then you know. You wouldn't have had the experience if you didn't take it upon yourself to do it the way you wanted to do it or felt that it needed to be done. And, you know, and I can I can be that asshole that says, well, you know, Eric, I'd have done it this way, but, you know, whatever. You, you make your own luck. Yeah, if you told me to do something, I'd say, well, that's not right anyway, so it wouldn't matter. I just no. you know, <laughs> destined to fuck it up. It, By the what, way, what if it was right? What if you did get, well, get that big one? I've had some opportunities. Yeah. Breckenridge is really good, by the way. Well, yeah, it's that snow melt water is that what it is? oh that one that says that's their stuff? yeah that's their that's right. uh, little All claim right. to flame oh, yeah breckenridge that's like a ski resort or something isn't it yeah colorado that's bumble tears that's what it is got it <laughs> anyway kevin mistakes you make them you learn your lesson 
And now that one's that one. That would be interesting. I think if you go in blind, you're going to have a unique experience that could be a little bit more impressionable. You're not going to have that instant gratification every time, you know, your phone goes off, though, either. And it'll be just that much better. It, you, you won't be expecting it if it does happen. Derek, you, you, yeah. got, you got a similar. Maybe, well, uh, anybody that's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say anybody that's defending, like I hear guys maybe get a little bit um, perturbed when cell cams are brought up like, oh, they're not that big of an advantage. Well, I'm going to tell you on a deer like that out in a place like that, it's a huge advantage because you don't get many opportunities. Like I said, I've gone in there twice now. The cell cam kind of eliminates that. The presence of hunting pressure like it grew up because I can watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can watch and see if a pattern develops, and then in real time, I can, I can move on that. And I, I'm, you know, I, I I'm driving. There's three hours, but well, that's probably exaggeration. Two and a half. There's two and a half hours of travel between all the areas that I hunt. So, it's a long ways, and uh, I'm usually pretty calculated about it. Calculated about how I spend my time and where I go, right? And like Greg just said, you get that. You get that lock, locked up um, feeling and data back to you, and you're like, "Yeah, it's he's there and he's doing this, and I'm going to go in." And it's just a huge advantage, man. So, but also to what's Greg saying, like it is. I think you know, there's like uh, been in the last couple years a movement of I, whether people want to admit it or not publicly you're going to get a little more credit right now it's just the how the temperature is if you kill a deer on public land versus just private land that's not like no that's that's not a big secret right but i'm just what i'm just saying if you if you're a guy that's i'll I'll use byron horton as an example byron's a really good hunter and he's like hell-bent against cell cams and if he continues to kill consistently kill big deer on camera without using cell cams well i'm sorry but there's no argument to be had that he's not probably a better hunter or able to do something that uh, he's not taking advantage of a huge advantage because of basically he's putting well, himself it, it against becomes that. a bigger disadvantage when others are using it as an advantage so then the gap becomes even larger there's a bigger chasm so if no one was using cell cams then there's no problem but because people are and then he's choosing not to, other people have a leg up. And so he's got a bigger, like, does that make sense? What I'm saying there's a wider yeah. gap that exists. Yeah. So, like, he's yeah, even, it does. He's, he's not only potentially better than, but it's even more than that because he's, it's like, you know, anyone that's maybe going to use a trad bow against a crossbow, there's a huge gap of yeah. difference there between a trad bow and a crossbow, as an example, right? And those types of things seem to exist all across the realm yeah. of different things, but hunting too, like the baiting thing, like talk to people from Ohio who are on private land or even like the UP, Northern Michigan there, yep. like some people don't want to bait, but if the neighbors on both sides of them or three sides kind of, of them are hands. putting out tons of bait, they have to bait if they want to see a deer. So it's like right. it creates those gaps and those, you know, differences. And I'm glad to hear Kevin say that the cell cam is an advantage because, man, I heard on a lot of podcasts, people say, well, it's really not that big of a big, big of a deal. <laughs> it is. It absolutely it's, is. Yeah. <laughs> Especially it how is. you use it's them. A, it I, is. I you just can think use Byron's going to listen to this and go, wow, they said I'm a great hunter. 
I'm, Byron is a great <laughs> Byron, no, no, no. Yeah, hunter, yeah, I'll, I'll message him right now. Yeah. <laughs> Byron, get your ass into the YouTube. We got some other people in the comments, too. It is, it is situational. Like, if you're hunting a farm and that deer's not getting pressured and there's no real variables and you can just put a camera up and pinpoint exactly what that deer's doing and move in on that pattern, like, I'm sorry, but late season, if you leave a big deer alone all hunting season and let him get into December and give him the best food source and you run a cell cam on it, you can pattern that deer almost to the minute and go in and kill that deer. Like I have seen that that's so consistently. You also have to have, like I said, no variables. It has to be on private land. There's an argument to be said for what we're doing, trekking around mobile or, you know, public land doing mobile hunting that it's a, it's just slowing you down and it, look at the amount of resources and time that i just spent <laughs> yeah fiddling wow. around with that camera i could have been scouting new new places there i'm just going to use jared scheffler i'll jared scheffler and i'll leave it at that right like guy just all he does is drop the hammer on giant deer freaking traditional bow no cameras never gets in a tree does all the shit that we're told not to do and none of the stuff that we're sold to do and just wrecks big the biggest deer mm-hmm. all over consistently right so there is an argument to be had too that like man where's your attention and focus going oh, yeah to? you could and you could i used it. a lot of resources up yeah and he's using his resources on on walking many miles the other resource that doesn't play into that and that you just mentioned is the time resource Scheffler's running around all fall. This is what he does. You know what I mean? Day after day after day, he's yep. glassing, he's looking. The cameras for guys like us, when we can't be in the woods and we're working five days a it's week a and you have kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not nearly as effective in there. That time value Huge. variable is Huge. gigantic. And people yep. don't tend to talk about that. But you look up at all these guys who are killing big deer all the time. A lot of these guys spend a lot of days in the woods. More than 10 or 12 like right. most of us. That's that's part of their it's job. The biggest. That's, that's the lifestyle they chose. Time yeah, is the awesome. one thing you can't replace as a resource to get into it. And and so like, you know, the working class, they're like, Eric, what's your goal? It's like, I don't, I don't have a goal. It's, I don't know. But like, what am I going to be realistic? I think they were like, a little pissed about that. No, I, a little bit, a little miffed. Like, dude. Well, no, I thought Kurt, Kurt was like, wow, thanks for being honest about that. Because I was like, well, I got to live in reality. I can't. Do you know how many people on social, Kevin and and fellas? Just pre-assume, do this pre-assuming judgment, cast judgment ahead of time to be like, well, then quit bitching about not getting big deer. I'm like, whoa, I'm not bitching. Who's bitching? You know, they're like, they're casting this narrative ahead of time and to cover off an audience. I think there are people that bitch, but we're not those people. And I I wanted to make very Mm. abundantly clear that I am not bitching about not getting big bucks. But I also know that that's not like a realistic expectation for me. I have had zero planning or preparation into scouting or trail cams or patterning or any of that stuff. It's like, I'm just going to bounce around different public properties and scout my way in, hunt hot sign and hope for the best. And whatever the hell buck I see is going to be the first I've ever seen that buck ever in my entire life. And I'm going to have a gut reaction and I'm probably going to let something fly because I'm going to be freaking jacked. That's kick ass. And that's it for me. Like that's There's nothing wrong with that. And, and so, you know, everyone's got different goals. Derek, he's out here putting cams on the biggest deer I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. But I can't have that same expectation. The guy's in the woods every week. You know, it's just a different, different caliber. So everyone's got to kind of play their own, hunt their own hunt and 
pay attention to what they have in their own purview. And, and there's a lot of ways to slice the cat. You got your, your, your grandpa that'll smoke a pack a day in the stand. And you got some guy wearing all Sitka with an Ozonics unit. They each got their way of doing stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, if that's what works, and that's what you think did the trick for you. Then some people might swear by the cigarette. Some people might swear by the Ozonics unit in either case. Doesn't that matter. ain't the thing. It's a whole <laughs> bunch of things, you know? I don't know. This is a fun topic because... Hey, you know what? A thousand things. I'd like to sit in the woods and set up an Ozonic and have you sit 15 yards downwind of me and have me start cheating on a couple darts. <laughs> and if that thing works, you're not going to be able to smell that, right? Right. Right. I don't think there's we any. We could do denying, a real simple study. I don't think there's any denying that yeah, it, that it works. I just think that you're in a you're in a you're in an uncontrolled environment. You got, you know, so like I think ozone yeah, is a dry wash in bag a, in a controlled environment. Yeah, and I think it works in that environment too, but only to a certain degree. Like the technology itself does what it says it does, but is it doing it at a magnitude right. that is totally like you'd have to cover up in a couple of those yeah. things probably. Anyway, I don't. That's like a whole different thing, but. But then, yeah, you got guys that smoke cigarettes or they're chiefing, whatever the hell they're doing out in the woods. <laughs> you could just get a brownie, I guess. And then you got to worry about smoking anything. But in any event, then you're seeing stuff in the woods that probably ain't a deer. <laughs> That's how Sasquatch is could be, could be more entertaining than what you were going to see <laughs> if you didn't dig <laughs> Our Sasquatch episode is one of the favorite episodes people tell us all the unreal. time. <laughs> Which Shocking. is unreal. Unreal. Right. Well, a couple things. you About the time thing, I wanted to... Uh, <laughs> Maybe uh, add a comment on that. People will say that the cell cams are too expensive. And I, I what do you value your time at? Because like you right, just said, if I don't have to drive an hour and 40 minutes each way to recover that data and I'm getting it in real time and I know the camera's working, I'm running a solar panel, so I'm not buying batteries. I'm not swapping out SD cards. I just bought inexpensive SD cards, right? They're $15 a piece if you are swapping cards you got to have two cards for every camera that's a that's a that stuff all i couldn't run cameras in that fashion anymore i have to do i am my budget only allows for me to run a handful of cell cams on solar panels that like that's all i can afford to do the the time and the money is too valuable for me for other endeavors right it's just deer hunting it's not like <laughs> And we can we can go into that. I oh, think I love that you just Kurt said it's was... just deer hunting. That's my favorite thing I've heard. And at the end of the day, it's it's just it's a deer, guys, and and it represents so much more. But when you distill it down, it's a deer that get hit by a car all the time. Like, but it, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I don't well, know. yeah, and you put so much. And you're not going to war. You put you but you like put all this pressure on yourself or whatever. Or like some people do, but. No one else gives a shit. No, <laughs> they don't. They no don't give a shit cares. if you shot one or not. No one really cares. Like like, everyone yeah, cares about I, I, I know Derek got one last year. How big was it? It was Who big. Was, I don't know. Who won the Super Bowl last year? I don't, have, don't care. I don't remember anymore. Nobody cares. Well, how did that last episode of that finale season go? Don't remember anymore. Don't care. Like, it matters in the moment to you as you're doing living in that moment. That's as far as it matters. Yep. Beyond that, dude, everyone cares about the pimple on their own face. They're too busy looking in the mirror at that than they are about the one on yours. Yeah. Whether it's a deer or a pimple, it's the same damn thing. And if they're looking at the one on yours, they need to mind their own effing business and find some something guys, else to do. Some guys will look at your deer's nose and they'll fingerprint that. They and they'll verify tell you that it against rough. other ones. They'll face ID it with their iPhone. Oh, oh that's right. a fucking fake can, deer. Can I do that? That motherfucker? <laughs> that motherfucker ain't real. <laughs> can we Can we get a picture of the wrong pull-a-buck with that lady on the airplane? You, you, you might have to. <laughs> that motherfucker ain't real. That would be I'm telling you. <laughs> 
Sorry. Okay, I gotta stop. That's my favorite video. The whole. That's a great video. idea, Eric. That's something that that's something that Eric you could execute at a high level. Is he could very well. He does. It doesn't turn off. <laughs> Your wheels will be turning for the next twenty minutes. Yeah, How you're gonna do this? I, he's he's twitching. His fingers the thing, already. The thing you heard before was me sending myself a text message of oh, an idea. Man, my I phone's over there though. <laughs> oh gosh. I just want you to send me the native file when it's done so I can I'll share just give it, it to you. You can do perfect. it. Yeah. Oh, nice. that's great. That's awesome. The uh the other thing that I was thinking about, yeah, about it being your uh, we about the conversation that and okay, one I could never imagine being pointing blame at anyone else for me not achieving my goals as a deer hunter. I just as a grown man, I think that's inexcusable. You control every aspect of your own life. And if you don't, take a look at what you're doing. And I am not going to sit there. If I was going to sit there and actually exert effort to complain about a situation, I'm just going to take that energy and focus on a solution. And if that requires moving, relocating, doing things differently, buying some land somewhere else, Sounds like you're speaking from like, experience here. Well, yes and no, <laughs> but I I just couldn't imagine complaining about something and not addressing it and just continuing to do so. It makes not going to throw my no wife under the bus me. here, and but sometimes I can't just listen and I got to present a solution. I'm just going to throw clearly because you just cut Kevin off for the thirtieth time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I do. I'm sorry, jackass. Greg didn't piss at me. No, I'm not. Do you want to talk about it or do you want a solution? <laughs> it says we lo uh, lost our connection. Is that true? Mm, we still hear you. No, or you're there. Can you hear know. me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you're good. Good, good. All right. I just had a little thing that said we. What, what Kurt was talking about, and I hear this, I hear this conversation. What he maybe fails to recognize is he's like, you know, there's guys that go to work every day that build race cars, and when they leave, they have a hard time rationalizing why when they go down the street that everyone hasn't like bored and stroked their engine and put forged rods in it. Right. Like he's made, that is his thing to enough where he has committed his, his profession to being a deer hunter. He's the 1%. 99% mm -hmm. of people do not care to that level. It's not this life or death thing. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, the majority of the opinions that come from, quote unquote, the industry come from guys that are surrounded by the one percent. They got to step out of the industry for a hunting season and surround themselves with the other 95 percent. And you see this totally different. It's a totally different drive and reason. And just the okayest thing, I've always been a fan of the brand, right? Because as he was saying, like, don't shouldn't you strive to be better? I mean, I hope the guy's focused on making more money and taking care of his family than worrying about shooting big deer to post on social media, right? That's like a what's important Preach. to me because right. that shit actually matters. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, you go behind the scenes and you see that, oh, that a lot of times, man, people will really slack on what's important in their life to chase after that, that dragon to be in whatever industry. You know, it's no different in the hunting industry than it is probably in different aspects of people's life but to me it's like a little bit of a skewed perception it's like looking at a situation with blinders on and saying well why isn't everybody doing it like this 
well, everybody's got different, you know, you say goals, but they're living completely different lives. They value completely different things and look through the same situation at a, out of, through a different um, prism and see a completely different picture. Right. And I'm fortunate that I'm out in the trades and I work, meet different people. Every, I see people from all different walks of life. I've worked inner city for oh, two decades and it's just, people are so uniquely different. And to say that everyone needs to be striving towards this goal of deer management to let deer get a year older so that it looks better on a score sheet or in a picture. I don't know. It seems like we're selling the whole experience short in my opinion. And Fred bear said many, many years ago, right. Of the hunt based only on trophies taken falls short, short of what the ultimate goal should be. You guys got a badass picture of Fred bear right there in your studio, right? He was onto it long before. It's not like new thing, but he's so right. If that is what you're taking out of this, man, you're selling yourself short. That's a really yeah. Good. You just said all the stuff Sorry, I want to say. I'll like, I, don't, I don't have any, let's just good. You shut yeah. Eric up. Nice. <laughs> all, to say, Greg, all I could no think show. about Kevin, you did a great job just explaining that whole idea. But all I could think about is like, you ever drive through like the neighborhood where it's like, maybe not a great neighborhood trailer homes. And like, you see all the kids toys are all over the place. And like the parent pulls in in some like really expensive, stupid car. And they just like picked up a bunch of packs of cigarettes, but they're pulling into the shitty house where their kids are running around. You know what I mean? They don't have what they yeah. need, but here, they stuck their money in this area. That's like doing everything you can to get this deer for social media, but you're really neglecting like these other problems. This is your only way. And those are the people you hear your keyboard warriors. You always talk about right, right? defending right. everything to the nth degree because they, that's how they're finding their escape. Well, this assumption that, that, so, you know, we, we, we play hard on social and by play hard. I mean, like we, we dive into comments, we respond to people, we tease at our games. And, and I, I try to be an exemplar in that, like, I always want to set the best example by being the example and an exemplar, the term exemplar means being the best possible example you can be of the thing you're trying to do. So the whole quote of like, be the change you seek in the world or whatever. So when we kind of go toe to toe or hand to hand with some of these folks in the comments, it's, it's a lot of like the one thing that I picked up that you'd said is people assume that that is the goal is the trophy. And I'm like, well, why are you assuming that that's what I care most about? That's not what I care most about. Is that something I would love to have? Fuck yeah. I'm not lying to people. I'm not faking the funk. Like, damn right I want that. But again, I live in reality. And also, I have other priorities that take priority over this stuff, given the family. And, you know, on the family side, there's a really good book. If you're a dad or a mom, it doesn't matter. But uh, it's called The Daily Dad. And it's written by this guy, Ryan Holiday, who I follow, uh, you know, regularly. And have read most of his books and so forth. And one of the things that the, the themes that come to play in this book throughout the 365 chapters, because every chapter is like about a minute long and every there's a chapter for every day of the year, is uh, you want to cultivate a family environment where your kids want to be around your dinner table by the time you're old and that they bring their grandkids to your dinner table and that they want to be there and that they're there and you're enjoying your family. And I'm like, well, I ain't going to do that if I don't take my kids with me to things like Foam Fest. If I don't let them come down in the studio and hammer on the mics and do all the sound voice effects on this weird mixer... And if I, you know, just don't let them come hunting with me and so forth, like I want to invite my family along on the hunting journey and the business journey. Like they're here with me for the ride as much as I can. And it gets distracting. It is actually pretty hard because I get fixated on this shit. 
And I'm like, I got to be in my zone. Like my wife's getting the kids out to go to grandma's house. And I'm like, we're going, you know? Um, but it's, it's interesting. What, like there are other goals that are more important than a trophy. And that's part of it. But that is certainly like one of the last things on the list for me. You know, just that experience is good enough. But you, you did a good job, Kevin. I'm, it's cool that you have a, I mean, you should just come get up, a, come Ke- into Wisconsin, pull up a stool and you can hang out with us every Tuesday. <laughs> I'd like to do that a whole lot. You guys got a whole good thing, got a whole good thing going on. I'll take this opportunity opportunity to contradict uh, most of what I just said. And I will say that in a guy like Kurt's defense, if you choose that as your profession and thing, you should work as hard as you possibly can. And I understand that that is the lens that he's viewing it from is like, dude, do a better job, be better. Right. And, I agree with that, but if your profession isn't deer hunting or podcasting, if your profession is a carpenter or a truck driver or a plumber, an OnlyFans celebrity, <laughs> using feet picks. I'm just I'm trying I'm trying to think of careers that are making money right now. Okay, so mortgage broker, whatever you're doing, fucking be badass at it, man. Like put some. It's not the competition. You could be a student in college. You could right be in now. the trade school right now. And your job is to be a good student and get the best out of that investment to become the best you can be at whatever the thing is. You could be in the military serving our country. And if you're doing that, you sure yeah. shit don't got time for anything else because you're traveling a whole bunch to other countries, other states. You got duty stations. You got firewatch. You got all sorts of shit. Like, focus yeah. on what you're focusing on. Deer hunting is a bonus to life. And if you're lucky enough to become, yeah. uh, make it a profession, that is a, that is right. You're absolutely right. That is the 1%. But if, if you're doing all this other stuff in your life, deer hunting is the bonus and deer hunting is your camaraderie. I got guys that only gun hunt that are my friend group and they <laughs> live for deer camp and, but they don't fucking bow hunt. They don't care to bow hunt. It ain't their jam. Some of them are starting to get into it a little bit. They've even picked up crossbows and I'm not judging them. Maybe they like, like honey. Whitetail honey. There it is. Whitetail. And uh, if you know what that episode is, we just said whitetail hunting wrong on an episode. It was whitetail honey. Anyway. Sorry. The, the whole thing being that, like, the camaraderie you get from that, just seeing your buddies. I got one buddy that could give a shit if he hunts. He's a, he's a, he's a Marine, and he's a dead eye with a rifle. It could be a lefty or right. It doesn't matter. That guy will put anything down. But he could give a shit if he gets any deer or whatever. He's happy to contribute meat to the, to the, to the camp. But by the end, you met him, right? Oh, yeah. he, he's, he's like, I just want to put a big fat dip in my mouth, man. That's all I give a shit about. I want to put a dip in my mouth, get drunk with the fellas, and then I'll, maybe I'll poop in the woods and maybe I'll shoot a deer. <laughs> and that's it. Like Life is good. Yeah. Where did my camera go? What the hell is this all about? Anyway. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but it was kind of refreshing when I moved down here in my first, second year down here mm-hmm. um, at the school that I'm at currently. Um, so coming from northern Wisconsin up in Pesciago, like all the kids hunted, like we got they got the week off of school for gun deer season. Like it was a thing, like everybody did it. So you talk to kids in the weeks before gun season here and they were, you know, Oh, I got this buck and this, but you know, we're going after this one. They all had plans and you talk to them. And then after moving down here to Southern Wisconsin, it was like far less people kind of have that yeah, mindset. There's still a lot basketball season, but it's just different. And I was talking to one of the, uh, the teachers in my building during our lunch duty and he said, oh, are you excited for, you know, hunting, deer hunting coming up about gun season? Oh, yeah, I am. You know, and I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, I, I'm already going down to the library. He's like, every year I go check out a book, a good book. And that's probably my favorite part of deer, deer season is seeing my cousins. And 
sometimes I don't even bring my gun to the deer stand. I just, you know, sit there in the sun and I, I like to read. And I was like, this is different. Yeah. But it's kind of refreshing. Like, <laughs> here, you know what I mean? Like this guy says he didn't even bring a gun with him. He just goes, <laughs> sits in the blind with his orange and reads a book. And that's what it is to him. And he Sounds loves like it. He looks dad. forward to Sounds it every like year. Yeah. Well, once you get like the journeys of the, of the hunter's journeys, like you have your, your sportsman's, you have your limit out stage, you're shooting everything you can. You got your, you know, uh, weapon of choice stage. I forget the names of the stages. I'm two bourbons deep now, so I'm going to not remember everything, but the, this concept of like, if eventually you get to the sportsman stage and at that point you've killed all the mature deer, you've done a great job. You got a trophy room, you got freezer full of different types of game meat and, and you're kind of just good. Like the, it's an elevated experience. Now you're going to trad. Maybe you're bringing a DSLR or a camera with you. Like you have a different objective in the woods at that point. And I think we go through these stages, you know, much like a lion would. And a lion eventually just dies. At some point, it's not going to be the the badass it was. It's going to be old, decrepit, and the freaking you know hyenas are going to eat it for lunch. And you had his moment. <laughs> like at some point, yeah. you've, you you're in your stride. So I think that challenge and those goals are important to have. But Till my kids are grown, man, I don't know that I'm going to get to that because I just care too much about being a dad than uh, than a yeah. big white Good for killer. You. I don't know. Gus asked and, me. And I, yeah, what did he say? Gus asked me last week. He said, Dad, are we going to go out deer hunting again? And I was like, do you want to? Yeah. And I was like, cool. He's like, we're going to get a buck this time. I was like, all right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> go to the next <laughs> level of the stage. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Was he seven? Six. <laughs> He's gonna be a better killer than you ever were. For sure. Oh man, that's the that's the other thing too, man. My kids are way smarter than me. It's just, anyway, it's good stuff, Kevin. Good fodder. You you talked about the guy not bringing a gun. This is my dad didn't put one but two bird feeders up at his deer blind. Uh, <laughs> he put bird a bird watching? feeder and a suet feeder. So that he could just sit there and watch birds all day. And I was like, you know what? This is actually a great strategy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you get that one squirrel and you're like, oh, that squirrel better get the fuck off my bird feeder. <laughs> Little did people know, but this is actually tactic talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tactic for, for eradicating boredom in the stand. <laughs> well, he would bring a book and he would have those bird feeders going and he would just go out there and enjoy his time, right? And he mm-hmm. killed like one deer his entire life and it's because that deer was on a suicide mission was he literally he's walking down his trail to his blind and this deer comes busting out of the woods and turns on a dime with his nose glued to the ground probably following after a hot doe and walks straight at my dad from 60 yards to 30 yards never looks up walking straight on a line towards my dad so he's like (laughs) i mean layup right so 30 30 he pulls it up shoots that deer that's the only deer he's ever killed his entire life because he didn't care about that he cared about going to camp he cared about going out there reading a book hanging out and maybe that's where i got like that portion of the like i can't imagine caring what anybody else wants out of deer hunting like at i just can't even fathom that i could when i was younger and maybe that that's a reason and an excuse if you are younger and you don't understand that yet and you are concerned about how other people are living their life because you haven't figured out who you are and how you identify you know now but i obviously went the other direction with it and cared a whole lot about deer hunting but i i i think that it's only that one percent that cares enough about it that they've made it like their profession to really actually truly care 
about what other people are doing with it. And I don't know. It's the I, I 99. I, sorry. I, I think I 99% of the media that comes in that deer hunters get to listen to come from that 5% of people that are doing it at a level that they love so much that they've made it their profession or so there's like a skewed messaging the message that's going out versus the people are that consuming it and i feel like there could there's a a big divide and that's why i've always been such a fan of what you guys do honestly i am i'm a fanboy like you guys are one of the few people that buck the trend and just go hey we're gonna do it this way and it's because it's real and it's because it's honest and it's because you guys see it from that other perspective, but can, I like the uh, flexibility. I like when people can like work in a space, but step out of it and look at it from outside. I think that's a valuable skill set. You yeah, guys obviously have That's it. fair. Yeah. No, it's a CSAM otherwise. And I think you've differentiated really well. And a lot of folks, it's just like, and not to put anybody down, that's not what I'm doing, but it, for, for a while we were part of the sea of the same. We were trying to uh, tactic this and tactic that and, I think education is, is the appetite is so strong in this category that you're never going to get away from that learning component. And I think that's totally great. And we have some of that, but there's this other part that like, there's more going on here. We like, sometimes it's good to like loosen the, 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 the collar and be like, let's unbutton it and loosen the belt buckle and drink some freaking beers. <laughs> We're at the bar. It's deer hunting, you know, like, Woo! come on. All right. Uh, yeah. Good. Well, let's learn, learn, learn. I'm not in the classroom. Another right, round from a friend, like, Sally. Let's go. Let's go cry about the deer I missed last week for a second here that I'll never forget about. Cause that happens, you know, <laughs> let's, let's air some of these other things out that are like, yeah, we can, why, like it always just, I, I can never get away from the Batman quote. Why so serious? <laughs> like, I love that because I have an appetite for learning. I'm competitive. I want to challenge myself. Like, don't get it twisted, guys. I'm also trying to like reach some heights of some shit, but like, I always like just having a good time, you know. And you should never let like your goal of doing that or your yeah. ambition of doing it like dictate how you are to others, right? Correct. Like that's like hold yourself to a high expectation, but you don't. That doesn't mean you, you can't hold other people to that expectation. Impress that on yeah, to others. No, you can't. And I saw that at a really young age, um, up in the national forest at the the one spot that I had killed some nice deer, and it's a popular parking spot it's a gated road and the one year there was a whole bunch of trucks and this guy was the first truck there and he was the last guy out he must have went way back in deep yeah and this dad had just dragged this buck out and he had two boys with him one was an eight-year-old one was a 10-year-old and they just sat with that and he shot this beautiful nine-point buck i mean it was that's an exciting phenomenal family, sure and the kids are glowing right people are coming out and they're all you know looking at this buck and me and my buddy dave and his uh Girlfriend at the time, Jen, we walked out and we're like, oh man, high five and the boys. Did you see it? Did you help your dad drag that out? You know? And all of a sudden we see a headlight coming and it's that guy. And that guy walks up and says, You gotta be fucking kidding me. Kicks dirt, kicks rocks right toward him. Oh, slams this crap down. It was, you know, bent out of shape. Cause here's his dad. You know, imagine what those kids remember from. Yeah. Him. They remember all the high five. No, they probably remember that guy who was just a total asshole who was pissed because somebody else got a big deer. That like burned in me, and I was like, "That is such a bullshit." Never want to be that. That what yeah. a dick. Yep, that's the wrong example to set. Hundred percent. That is the antithesis of what we're trying to accomplish. Yes, for sure. I'm gonna find that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. Like, there's a place for everybody in this world, and that guy probably has 
You may be not an important job, <laughs> but maybe something very important. You know, I got into it with some guy, and of course, I turned into a total jackass like Kevin. Not to say you're a jackass, but I mean, I turned into a stalker, and I was like, this motherfucker, he lives in Texas. He's a pilot for this airline. I went deep. I was like, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I found him because I was pissed because I get pissed, but I like also then try to transcend it, you know, and, and uh, you know, I was like, Okay, there's room in the world for assholes too because this guy's clearly flying people to different destinations. That is that is his job and destination. There is like, you know, uh, provocation. What the fuck? I don't know whatever word I'm trying to say here. That's his uh, evocation. What's the vocation? Fucking? Vocation. That's the word. Jesus Christ. Come on, thesaurus. Okayest everything in my life. Anyway, I was like, yeah, okay, this guy, there's, he, there's a need for this person in the world too, even if he's an asshole. Like everyone has a place in this world. And by the way, everyone thinks that their POV on the world, their point of view is good and just and right. And that they are the ones being kind. So like whenever we see people just hate on stuff, actually uh, it was Paul Campbell who, who uh, really brought this home for me. He, he had a post that we put out on social about Turkey hunting, Turkey hunting birds that have a pea brain, literally. Oh, this, yeah, this and it went viral and people kicked him like he was, he was getting curb stomped on social media, basically. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, you're going viral, but not in a great way. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I didn't anticipate this happening to you. And he goes, no, man, it's okay. It just means that they're passionate about turkey hunting and they care about it. And I was like, what? <laughs> Dude, you just, you just like stoked me. Like, what? <laughs> holy shit. What a great demeanor and perspectives he was like happy to see that people were pissed because it meant that they were they cared about it and he's like it's okay they just care a lot about this and i'm like so people are getting pissed about deer hunting about this that, and nothing because they think that that is what's right mm -hmm. and just and true and good and kind in their world they don't realize that our, our perspective like when kurt had asked like doesn't doesn't don't you think you're just promoting shooting spikes and i'm like well shit i guess that's what some people think we're doing here that ain't the case but if like you believe that I could see how you're pissed at us, you know, anyway, should probably bring this plane in for a landing. You've built an okayist empire, Eric. <laughs> I've had a lot of help. I've had a lot of help. <laughs> that was perfect. You do have good, you do have good help. No, you guys are, you're doing a great job. Greg is secretly just handing salmon out to everybody on the internet. <clears throat> I got some salmon. I got right. some salmon. <laughs> message me. <laughs> Hey, it took us over an hour for me to get the delay figured out, so I apologize uh, about that. But I, I, I got it figured out. I think now it's a thing. A little bit internet. of a delay in between yeah. us. It's our yeah, it's it our is. fault though. The delay is our problem. I gotta fix it. But I, we can only make so many investments in the studio every year. <laughs> I get scolded for spending too much money. You got a lot of crap. Well, I know you. that uh, Greg shared some images or videos with me today. He's Greg's all over some big deer, and I that imagine is. maybe you other guys are. You guys jacked up for, I mean, man, when do you guys open pretty quick here, right? Yeah. 16th. Yeah. It's Very coming. soon. It's coming pretty quick. So I don't get too jacked up about those deer because those deer, they're in, in locations where many people can hunt them, and uh, I'm not the only one that knows about them. I know that for a fact, but... It's uh, it's still pretty cool to see them, you know, and get video and get pictures yeah. of them. But it, and that's part of the hobby too, right? We got a group thread growing. growing yeah, that's like and it's, yeah. it's uh, there's some pretty awesome deer on those. A lot of a lot of cool uh, velvet footage. But 
at the end of the day, I might not see any of those deer. I might have one encounter with them at the end of the year, you know, just like I had yeah. last year. I had that really awesome deer. I had some footage from the from the landowner, and then I got a couple pictures of him verifying he was alive and he was there and went in and had my one chance at him, and I screwed it up. So it can change real fast. It's that. Yeah, well, don't ever dis. Go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead, huh? I was just going to say, don't ever discredit any of that, the video and photo information that you have, because no. seeing big deer behave in that manner is, uh, you're going to learn a lot from their behaviors mm-hmm. on what, you know, some of the that video, especially a video, I've set all my SD cameras to video, 30 seconds. Yep. Yeah, the direction they're coming in, the direction they're headed, the all of it, they're, where their ears are Just their are behavior, yeah. yeah. How they're approaching everything. And for most people, like, for guys who get a few cameras out and get some summer action, you've gotten some awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. Like enthusiasm is always at an all-time high leading into the season. You know what I mean? Like whether you you're pretty realistic with your expectations, I mm-hmm. feel like. But you know, everybody has the best laid plans. And Kevin, you were talking about chasing that huge one. Like your your brain's running a million miles an hour, and then season opens, you get your ass kicked a few times and sets you back to reality. Yep. But that enthusiasm going into season, I always just burn up with it. I love it. I can't wait for it. And I got a million schemes in my head of what I'm gonna do. And, sure. And it all goes to shit, but <laughs> I'm excited for it. Like, let's the, learn some new stuff. <laughs> you guys see the post I put out today? Which one was that? Yeah, which one was it? There are two distinct approaches to hunting. <laughs> the one before the season starts and the one after the the Wiley Whitetail kicks your ass all season long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then Wellens commented and I commented to him on that one. Yeah, he says, I chose the latter. No pain, no gain, right? What did he say? Because oh, the second one chose me. I didn't choose it. Or that was you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was I, said it, I didn't choose it. It chose me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's good stuff. Well, I've run cameras for, I've been running video cameras now for eight years, mm-hmm. 20, sometimes 24, anywhere between a dozen and two dozen. And man, I can confirm that deer definitely have individual behavior characteristic. It's, it's, it's extremely entertaining to watch and see how some deer react to some situations just totally different to other deer. They're the same animal, but they do have different personalities. And I can also tell you, there's a lot of myths about how deer behave that I just have seen on video to not be true. And comments about trail cameras, you know, people will say these super rigid opinions, you know, and uh, man, I'll just like, verify through trail camera information is like no they don't they definitely don't do that um or some deer do that some deer don't right you know like there's no blanket statement really for whitetails except for they don't want to be killed and they definitely all want to stay <laughs> yeah they don't want to be killed yeah. away, <laughs> away from- i'll say that Spartan- and they do a good job of hiding to do that spartan forge has done a good job of myth busting i think they should start you know how like uh exus has started like whitetail cribs I'll go on record saying Bill Thompson with Spartan Ford should start the Mythbusters. Mythbusters for Whitetail because he has so much empirical data to prove half those things wrong. And there's something he won't say yeah. because it's like so against the ground. Right. I don't know, but like he's like, ah, I can't taboo. say everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but it like, would be taboo in the, in, in the Whitetail industry. But I think industry. that would be a phenomenal series, segment, whatever you want to call it. I thought like that would be a really cool thing because – He's, I've always, I've always gotten really intrigued by like that questioning line of questioning. He'll always stop me at some point and I can't go so far, but 
there's some things like, you know, myths about like some bucks won't even participate in the breeding season whatsoever. The old and mature ones, they'll just sit it out and they'll wait. And I'm like, that's crazy. But they have, he has a tracking collar data from, you know, a, what a decade to prove it. And it's like, well, what else can you myth bust? You know, what else is, what else is a soup? What does he call it? A, a supposition, supposition, Pre-di- predisposed supposition. Is what he calls it. Big words, right? Yeah, but my favorite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, but like those are really fun data points to hear from someone like that that has empirical data over time that's been distilled into like, well, here's the, it's not 100% true, but like it's 60% accurate. And then it goes to the, well, 60% of the time it works every time. Those deer lab <laughs> findings with the radio collar studies are so interesting. Yeah. Do you guys, do you ever watch yeah. any of those? Yeah. Some of that stuff. The deer are always hating, right? Where you think they are. They're just, they're just better they at it than you. They thought yeah. they were. You know, they're, they're, they are who they thought. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so close. So I think most of our listeners know the Deer Hunter podcast, but Kevin, how long you, because I think I talked to you on the onset of your podcast. I remember I was working at a radon company. And I was like, I remember being in the van, the radon van. And you're like, I'm a plumber. I'm like, well, I do plumbing, but not really. <laughs> no water passes through my pipes. Just deadly gas that, you know, may or may not be real. Uh, and I remember like giving you some of the input I had. <laughs> but yeah, that was, gosh, that would have been like 20, was it 2016? Because I think it was before I was married. Was it 2015 or 2016? Yeah, it was not too long after I'm, you know, uh, Matt Craig, so it's got to be at least six years. Yeah, so here's everything I've done wrong you. so far. Because at that point, I was at it for three whole years. <laughs> that would crazy. be that would be about when I started like actively tracking and logging and paying attention to, you know, camera, trail camera information and running them over scrapes and watching how deer behave. You were you were talking about those big deer sitting out of the rut. So mm-hmm. here's something that people don't talk about. If you're in an area, a lot of times where there's not a high density of mature deer, those matriarch does want to breed with the whatever they deem as the stud buck. They will go to him. He doesn't have to go look for them. They will go to him. I have seen it on multiple occasions mm-hmm. where all of a sudden this doe just starts frequenting this scrape and she is scratching at it she's, urinating she's in begging it, for it and she is <laughs> she's coming there looking for to be bred i don't have any and personal I, experience with that but it sounds cool <laughs> <laughs> sorry dude it's yeah it's a rough well hey you wouldn't want to only get it one week are a you year. talking about in real life what like are you talking about your like as a human being what, are you talking about? Are you talking about deer? what were you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i picked up on that oh lord here we go you wouldn't want to trade places with them. One week a year would be rough. Yeah, that that was called the slut. Even <laughs> if they just to be honest. A classy one at that, but I'm just saying. Okay. No, she chose her, man. But I've hunted over those scrapes and blown a grunt call and have that doe come running in. And then had her walk off, hit that grunt call again, and have her come oh, back. Oh, you did say my name. I'm like, oh, yeah. man, <laughs> she is. Yeah. Bad eyelashes. She is interested in what's Steve? going on oh, is that? Oh, mm-hmm. damn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Interesting. So it's different if there's a lot of big deer around and they have to compete for those rights. But if there's not, he can just lay back and let those deer come to him, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I never had that problem either. I've seen it happen. So no, the Deer Hunter podcast. That's where that's where you're from. That's what you do. You're so where where in Michigan are you nowadays? Like obviously we know you're close to Rompola. 
I don't know where that is. Yeah, anybody that wanted to do their research or just kind of dig through my social media could figure that out. But I'm in northern Michigan. Dude, you picked the best name ever because I can't Google deer hunting podcast and not trip into you like immediately. You're the first log I trip over every single time. Yeah. So from an I'd SEO say I lucked out on. I'd yeah. say I lucked out on that, but it was I was just uh, I lucked out on it being available. Cause I thought about you that. You did. Right. Like, so. I think you, cause someone would have nabbed it and then they probably wouldn't have done nearly as much as you've done with it. I think you've done a really good job. Anyone can have any dipshit can have an idea. It takes a real good dipshit to execute on that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I pre I appreciate that, man. It's been a struggle. I've, I've spent a lot of time. Like if I took my time outside of the hunting space and put it into my profession, I'm, I make, you know, this thing's always been a dime holding up a dollar. Right. And as I get older and I have a family, my time is very valuable to me. And I, I think that's good because I put that perspective out that like I value everybody's time just immensely. Right. I'm not going to run um, ads about cookware and cat food on a deer hunting podcast because I value your time so much that I'd rather not waste it on that and get um you know, get uh, a monetary exchange for that. So I've always been just real conscious that's about good. like, man, yeah, that's value rare. everybody, value everybody's time. But it's been, it's been difficult to Alex. I had Alex chop on my podcast Alex last week and dude. he said something to me. Yeah. He's a very smart individual. If anybody hasn't watched grit, they should. And you can see that. Well, he's a unique personality, right? I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody been able to narrate, a hunt, piece of hunting content as good as Steven Ranella until Alex Chop started Alex doing Chop. it. He does a great job. He does. Chopping it it's up. It's pretty rare. T- pretty rare territory. And I bet you he'd, if I asked him that question, I bet you he'd tell you that he was influenced by Steven Ranella because he's a very honest man. But he said something to me when we were talking and he said, you know, one of the things I value about you is that you value the experience over, you know, all the other stuff. And I said, I appreciate you saying that because the industry doesn't like that is not what drives. That is not what drives sales. It's just not the the, the big deer and the good looking faces. That's what drives sales. Right. So it's over press. I oh, haven't. Yeah, you're right. No, I'm 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 in. I've I haven't seen how been, the pudding is made, man. And I once you realize the arbitrage that exists, it's hard to unsee it. So it is. And it's hard to navigate, too, because if you want to passionately spend time in this space you do have to figure out how to monetize it right so what i've done over the last couple years is and i'm finally just wrapping up like a whole five-year project on developing a product which i think is going to kind of help me close that is that why you asked my address the other day (laughs) yeah it is okay so it's not i want to be creepy guys Time you mow your lawn. <laughs> what? This guy fertilized my front yard, but keep doing it because it needs it. Yeah, hey, yeah. you want my address for fertilizer? <laughs> Kevin's going to the lawn care business. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you I'm go. Sure sure we got, a, joke. We got a, a joke. That's how it is. I can't help it. I'm pretty sure you don't have a VPN, and I could track you down in 30 seconds if I oh. wanted to. Yeah, no, you could. This is open. This is an open network. So, it's, but you gave me your address, so you made it even easier. For me. So, uh, but with that said, yeah, I'm going to send you guys some of this uh, that I've been working on. And I'm excited to see, obviously, Greg is uh, Greg's a our, proponent Greg's of running guy. trail cameras. And yeah. 
using scrapes and things of that nature and so I'm pretty excited I'm pretty excited about that and that's what I've been having going on in the background all the everything else that I got going on we've cool. been developing a synthetic scrape system been working on it for like five years kind of like um you know it I didn't even know that I was working on it but I was working on it if that makes sense so mm-hmm. unconsciously that's the word I was looking for unconsciously I've been working on this thing for five six years but consciously the last two years I really been cranking at it and I'm like oh I gotta get I want to get this figured out and it it really stemmed from frustration out of using other products that I just felt like there's no way the people that make this product use it or they would have addressed this problem. Interesting. And it's so frustrating that I'm going to try to figure out how to do this so that this problem doesn't exist. And the last thing I ever want, like I was talking about value in people's time, right? I never want to sell a fake bill of goods. So I wanted to make sure that it was. You're not going to put that on pull a buck on it, are you? (laughs) (laughs) If things start going the wrong direction, I'll be scrambling. (laughs) So there I was. (laughs) <laughs> elbows <Yeah>. deep <laughs> you know i've thought about years about recreating that photo and just like putting my face in it yeah <laughs> i could do it for you now like you could just go do i'm it. sure yeah, go to mid, go to mid to i'll it. do it for you tonight i'll go to midjourney.com and be done well kevin just instantly with you saying you're developing this new scrape system and then all of a sudden that cell cam issue feels a little bit bigger now that you've explained that. You're probably going to have some great product photos. Yeah. Sorry. No, no. that's a long. Uh, that's well, a long play. The long play is hard. People, people lack patience. We got some long play stuff happening behind the scenes too, man. And I'm excited for that stuff to debut. But it's not on the product side. Like I'm not. I'm not an engineer. I'm not smart enough to figure all that shit out. I know my lane. And I'm gonna stay in it. And I'm gonna stay in it really tightly. Because I've recognized my strengths and I know my weaknesses all too well. We all got our demons, and my demons talk to talk to me about my weaknesses every goddamn day. <laughs> so, you know, they they get a lot of exercise in my head. But uh, you know, it's good that you recognize your strengths and and you've been working on something for some time. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, well, I'm I was bummed about that whole thing, but I'm fortunate that I've built a good network and have a lot of good friends, and you guys included. Right? Is like I want to get this stuff out to you and get your guys's feedback and like see people have success with it and just organically say that this is a thing that i feel like can be a real value to especially bow hunters right I, i've found out in the last couple of years as i've tried to introduce new people into hunting and we're starting to bring the kids into it mm-hmm. when we were younger we baited and you guys may or may not i don't know can I remember, you still bait put, deer dude, in Wisconsin? Put, my dad and i put apple tree on on apple tree apple juice on trees in addition to the apple piles we, we on public land in the northern woods of wisconsin nicolay you could bait i don't know when this was when i was in high school we i had to lug fucking buckets of apples out into the north woods with my dad which was harder than carrying groceries with my mom as at a young age so i was like this is familiar but different and then he's got jugs of apple juice that were like literally spraying on tree like we're just shaking around all these goddamn trees and meanwhile the next morning i'm going out to the stand Fearing my life that a bear is going to be there just licking trees for apple. I'm like, why don't you bring some fucking honey while we're at it? For fuck's sake. I remember, I'm swearing a lot right now because there's a lot of fear in those days. I can tell you're amped up. <laughs> so terrified of bears. I remember being at my aunt's house. This is like my brain is like an 11 year old kid. <laughs> being at my aunt's house, she has these giant red oak trees in her backyard and they're raining acorns on the deck. And I was like, 
are you going to do with these acorns? <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? I was like, can I pick these? She's like, please. <laughs> I'm like filling up five gallon buckets of acorns. Dad, we're going to bring these up north. Bait the deer. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's nothing. Yeah. I There's nothing that I haven't tried or done. Like from all of that, right? The yeah, between deer the, lures the deer lures and intriguing. how many scent wicks yeah. left oh, the in wafers the woods. And yeah, the shit. I think I messed deer a lot cocaine. of deer hunts with those yeah. Yeah. wafers. Hang it, bury it, light it. <laughs> There's a million different yeah. things. Doas, yeah, the Buck jam, yeah. smoke Buck it, jam, incense. Mm-hmm. No, that, that'll yeah, be, that'll they be do, exciting. They've got, everybody's gotten very creative. Sky dumps. Nope. <laughs> Sky dumps. That's a real thing? That's not we can't. Up. We can't. We can't bait here any longer in Michigan. And, you know, depending on what side of the fence you fall on, if that's a good or a bad thing, man, for, I'm telling you, for being a young bow hunter, to being able to place a bait at 15 to 20 yards and know the exact distance and know when that deer comes in, it's going to be distracted in some capacity what a great opportunity as a bow hunter versus being out in, you know, if you're just out in a big track of timber and you're like, yeah, we know the deer are going to walk through here, but it's just, it's great to have a pinpoint spot that you know the known distance as a deer hunter. And you know that that deer is going to walk. If the deer comes through here, like it, you project that it's gonna, it's going to stop and investigate that a little bit. And if you do a good scrape with leaves in the trees and they start rubbing their face in that. It makes a little bit of noise even. They get temporarily distracted. Sometimes they even stretch out for you, right? And like elongate their vital zone. Dude, there's no better opportunity as a bow hunter. And if you're trying to get young kids or first-time hunters like set up in a situation to be like, hey, they're probably going to stop right here. And right here is 15 yards. And we've practiced that. And we've practiced that and we've practiced that. I think it's a very valuable tool that, you know, all the time the scrape content comes out, it's all about targeting big, you know, big mature deer. And I think that it's one of the better strategies for that as well. It's got to be played completely different, but there's also something to be said for just targeting any deer and having something in front of you that you, you know that the deer is going to stop and investigate and be drawn to a little bit, especially as a bow hunter. I mean, I saw some comments about CWD. I don't believe in it, so I don't know. He's talking to the wrong guy. Well, good that's a, good job, Levi. I don't believe in CWD. Know your audience. Jesus Christ, get the hell out of here! No, I'm just kidding. We like I, Levi. He's a good guy. I totally <laughs> understand. <laughs> Levi was just sending. That was his buddy that just shot a giant freaking mule in Wyoming. Shit out of Greg over here with velvet. Well, and then he was sending me pictures of the elk he's gonna go shoot too tomorrow. Talk about only fans. How about only bucks? Jesus Christ, only velvet. How about my God? Greg's over here drooling. Warm and fuzzies. That's warm and fuzzy. It's a nice. A lot of blood in those antlers. Fuzzy horned mule deer. Anyway. No, let's. Uh, I believe I want to. I want to just say I don't want to leave anybody thinking that I'm uh, that guy. Right. I, I understand everything about and believe that the disease is prevalent throughout the deer herds. It's always been here. It's everywhere. It's not going anywhere. Nothing's changing. And behind the scenes, one of the most intelligent people that I know about white-tailed deer. He's employed through the state to manage the state's deer herd told me behind the scenes, no amount of money or regulations or effort will change 1% of 
of what CWD does to deer and through the deer herd. And he, it's of my belief that anybody that tells you otherwise is on the side of creating funding dollars for. Well, I mean, you can't kill these many you, Like It's a whole different topic, but like yeah, the things are impenetrable. I, like, what do you do? It wants, yeah. It's in the dirt. Yeah. It's there. You mitigate it. Every fawn born afterwards is going to get it. Just ludicrous how uh, resilient it's that. about as effective as eliminating spikes from Michigan's deer herd to <laughs> ten pointers <laughs> <laughs> management box. Yeah, it's about that effective. Oh, it's good stuff. It's not. So it's it's deerhunter.com, right, Kevin? Well, we just deer learned hunter. right a hard lesson. You can't even yeah, you can't even manage a, a cold, right? Or yeah. a virus. So right. to, <laughs> to be able to manage a prion in the wild. In the wild, right. Yeah. Let's just think about what we're doing and talking about here. And Greg's like, yeah, we got to shut him down. He's getting freaking crazy, saying all Come the crazy on. stuff we thought he might say after we started no. drinking beer. Come on. <laughs> he hasn't enough beer yet. We're good. No way. No way. Fuck's sake. I want anyway. some of that whiskey. This this stuff is good. The Breckenridge is smooth. I, I actually, like it. We, we put a dent in this bottle. It's actually a little tonight. too good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have some made of rumble we, tears. When we switch to your podcast, we're going to pour up some more. Uh, we're going to get some new ice cubes in here. I need a little glass of water. <laughs> Derek's going to have to borrow some of my clothes for school tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to sleep over here, bud. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell Dane me and him are going to be bunk buddies. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, it's, it's deerhunterpodcast.com. If you haven't heard of it, you're living under a rock, just like the Ron Pola Buck. You've heard of it. And if you haven't listened to the Ron Pola Buck series, go check out it's a great the investigative yes. work that Kevin did. It's It's awesome. It's very... Entertaining and well done. I'm really looking really forward to the episode when you rap tackle, rap, rap tackle him in his uh, front lawn and hold him down. <laughs> Have someone bring a video camera, Kevin, when you do it, because <laughs> I want to see what happens. Well, with interest rates how they are right now, I'm not going <laughs> to knock anybody living under a rock. So right, that's true. But with that said, yeah, it's DeerHunterPodcast.com. The uh, the product launch. I don't know when you're releasing this, but we're recording tonight. This. Well, this is live. This is tonight. Yeah, it's released yeah, this now, but then it'll live. be out tonight. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, you're right on it. So it's September 5th, Tuesday. Our product launch really is this Friday. Shit. The website is active. It's dh3.com, but it's piggybacked off of deerhunterpodcast.com. There's limited inventory to get up and running. I'm basically doing everything myself, so it's one skew. It's the branch catalyst and the full spectrum synthetic urine. They're both eight ounce bottles. They come in a bag. They'll do four to eight scrapes, depending on how, you know, liberal or conservative. Yeah. Depending on how you want to apply it. It's $39.99 for the two bottles sent to you. And it goes, it's the website is live right now. I, I didn't think guys could, but apparently they're placing orders, but we're, we start shipping on Friday and I've got limited inventory doing everything I can to get as many of them out. It's funny. Yesterday I was talking with somebody and he said, Hey, I thought you liked deer hunt. I said, yeah, I love, I love it. He said, and why in the world would you create a deer hunting product? He goes, you're not going to be able to deer hunt for shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the thing, man. That is, that is the thing. Well, I hope business is good for you, but I also hope you get some time to go chase that big buck. If that's what you want to do. Absolutely. I will, man. It's all about balance, right? So that's it. You find the balance select the portion of the pie that you want to allocate to what you're doing, figure out how you want to live your life and move forward with that strategy and uh, prioritize and execute. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks for being on our show. Uh, 
It'll be yeah, absolutely. Tonight. So what are we going to do? We're going to take a little break here for a minute. And we're I'm going to end the live stream. Over. Yeah, I'll end the live stream. I'll end the recording. And then we'll take a quick intermission. We're going to take a pee break. We can uh, fill up on drinks, whatever we got to do. We'll come back into a different session. And then we'll rip it on yours. I'll send you the files at the end. So good stuff. Thanks for being our guest tonight. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I really <laughs> appreciate it. Guys, let's not wait. Eight years to do it again. <laughs> I'll try not to get as drunk as I did last time. <laughs> That's good. All right. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll uh you'll see this in podcast land later this evening. See ya. <laughs>